Hi. Thank you for listening to the first episode of the Genuine Wrestle Boys podcast. My name is Zach Evans. I am one of your four Genuine Wrestle Boys. Um, normally, I would be joined by my fellow Wrestle Boys, Derek Oster, Isai Saldana, and Matt Stone. Um, this is a little bit of a weird intro, especially for the first episode we're releasing. Um, but just felt we needed to uh, address a couple things that were obvious after recording this episode. Um, this is the first episode we're releasing, but it's actually the second one we recorded. Um, the first episode we recorded, which was meant as an introductory episode, um, where we tell you know a little bit about ourselves and uh, why each of us love professional wrestling, um, sounded like a toilet um in the worst way possible um our setup for recording just did not work um since then we've improved that substantially and we'll continue to do that going forward um we may still release that episode um in some form either with the you know toilet quality or um we may end up redoing it we haven't fully decided yet but we definitely you know we'll do something with that um to give you all a little bit better insight into who all of us are but um we didn't think that we could release an episode that sounded like that as our first one um so yeah um this is me just kind of saying that um speaking of you know technical difficulties we did also happen to lose a good chunk of this first episode um it just wasn't there when i went to edit this episode unfortunately um and it does get referenced a little bit later on um you know we're still figuring this out obviously and uh unfortunately that happened but um just wanted to give you a quick rundown of what we talked about so that it's not um a totally confusing thing um if you listen to this and hear us reference that part of the conversation um we you know mainly talked about kind of the importance of commentary in wrestling and how that can um affect the viewing experience um we specifically were talking about that with the news that happened in the last week that um Mauro Ranello is returning to the WWE um for those of you don't know he is a Uh, commentator who's absolutely excellent um, and unfortunately um, left uh, the company recently under pretty um, unfortunate and uh, just you know really disappointing circumstances. Um, Morrow is um, very outspoken about his struggles with um, bipolar disorder and depression and mental illness in general and uh, you know, one week he just wasn't on SmackDown, the show that he was the main play-by-play commentator for, and then just didn't show up again, missed WrestleMania, and reports started coming out that he was really, really struggling with his bipolar disorder, and it was likely offset by um, treatment of some of his fellow employees um, on SmackDown, um, allegedly. That's really important to say because no 
um, specific details have come out from Morrow or from anyone else uh, directly involved with it. It's all third-hand reports and um, nothing concrete. But the important thing is he's back. He got um, signed to do commentary for uh, NXT, which is um, WWE's um, developmental territory and show um, that streams on their uh, WWE network. Um, in fact, I just watched the first episode uh, with him on commentary, and it's really awesome to have him back. He has a really unique voice. He's very intelligent and makes amazing um, comparisons and uses the most um, out-of-the-blue pop culture references, and it's very entertaining, and just his delivery is awesome. It's good to hear him back. Um, so yeah, that's what we talked about. You'll hear it referenced once uh, later, so just wanted to give some context for that since we lost that part of the episode, unfortunately. Um, you know, we're still figuring this podcast out a lot and hope to continue to improve things. Um, and we want to have things like uh, intro music and things like that. Um, I think that since we don't have that yet, instead I'm just going to let the sweet sounds of Morrow's uh, voice play us into the episode. So uh, thank you again for listening to this first episode, and uh, hopefully we'll just keep improving and uh, you'll stick around with us. Um, thank you so much. Uh, yeah. Bye. And it's Air Ambrose! Oh! Looking for that tope suicidon! That Air Ambrose is about to be cleared for takeoff! Tope suicidon! Here comes Kalista with a tope suicidon! Champion AJ Styles! Welcome to the Genuine Wrestle Boys Podcast, a podcast by four friends made better friends through a love of professional wrestling. I'm Derek. I'm Eastside. I'm Matt. I'm Zach. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk about wrestling because that's what we do here. Um, first off, last week, this is irrelevant, but Money in the Bank was last week. Um, let's, let's talk about it. What happened? I only watched one match because I'm a bad wrestling fan. Oh, which, which one did you which watch? One <laughs> just the the Money in the Bank like the, actual the fellas one. The fellas, the dudes. Yeah, that was a good match. Just because that gif you said. A very very good match. Started slow, but then it ended so strong. And then the tease with Nakamura and AJ was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I thought. I mean, just as far as that match goes, it. I agree. It started real slow and stuff, but it built really really well. Um, I thought everyone looked better coming out of it than going in, which is a rare and really good thing to happen. Yeah, and everyone had their like, everyone had their moments mm-hmm. where they kind of were able to shine through. Yeah, like I thought, like throughout the match, probably the one that had the least of that is Baron Corbin, but then he had that at the end, and that's kind of all that matters. Yeah, for the guy who wins. Sami Zayn throughout the whole match was the one that I felt looked the strongest. Yeah, yeah. which was awesome. wrestled well. That yeah. that that flip. Yeah, the sunset flip power bomb <laughs> off the top of the ladder to Dolph Ziggler, 
where, yeah, I thought Dolph Ziggler died. <laughs> yeah. The way he took that was terrifying because he landed so much on his hip and like I was so worried for him in that, but it was such a good spot. It was, it was a real good time. Yeah. Um, Nakamura getting jumped to the beginning, skipping about 20 minutes of the match and then coming back and just literally destroying every single yeah. person yep. was awesome. It, for him, he probably loved it because he didn't have to take a bunch of crazy bumps. Yeah, I mean, dude's not young at all. Like, he's had a career and a half already. And I thought that was also the best they've made him look on the main roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They made him look like a killer. Like, he yeah. just came in there, literally hit everybody with the Kinshasa, and then was going to climb up, and then AJ was there, and they had to have their stare down because they have history. Yeah, and that, I forgot who did it too, but did that King Shasa off the second rope to someone, which was just brutal, and haven't seen him do that at all in WWE, which was really nice to see. Like, he just destroyed everybody and was able to look strong even though he didn't win it. Yeah, it was, it was a fun time. <coughs> the rest of the card was really weird. Um, a lot of just dumb finishes that just ruin matches. Like, I mean, the the tag match where the users just walking out was dumb. Like, it just didn't make any sense, especially considering what had just happened prior to that. And I think that's what made all the finishes even worse is how they set the tone for the night. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, I think having the women's Money in the Bank match, the very first match of the night, was such a dumb idea on their part. That was such a... Could have been such a huge match. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't necessarily think it was because it was first, because you usually want to have a super strong match first, like to yeah. get the crowd yeah. super into it. It's how they ended that match mm-hmm. that just deflated everybody. That was yeah. Awful. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Having it end like that and then go into so many non finishes, like and like it was just such a slow pay per view, like. Even, like, so I thought some of the matches were pretty solid and then just ended badly, so it didn't... All the momentum was killed about every, you know, half hour. Any momentum built was then killed by the end of each match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was really funny is that uh, the professor Trent Beretta on Twitter was just like, is it really history? And you have to remind everybody that it's history at every turn. Mm-hmm. But, like, the first women's money in the big match, which was just really funny because the way they ended it. Mm-hmm. It's like, they're saying, this is going to be a history-making moment. It's the first women's money in the bank match. We're trying to elevate women's wrestling. And here's James Ellsworth. Literally the worst wrestler in the company. And he's supposed to be. That's like what makes not Titus O'Neil's worst. Fair enough. But I mean, as far as book booking goes, like he's booked as the worst wrestler. Like it he shouldn't be here. That's the whole point of it. That's what makes him good. That's what makes him work. Like and then to have him get to do something that all none of the women in the match got to do no woman has gotten to do in the history of the company yeah basically says from a storyline perspective the worst men's wrestler is better than the best women's wrestler which is like the least true thing like all the women in that match are better than a good like chunk of any like any men's wrestler in the company right now the NXT women's champion is one of the best workers that they have yes and, like, I would put, like, as far as work and as far as, like, you know, character work, as far as entering work and stuff over the last year, like, Charlotte is, like, Charlotte and AJ Styles are, like, 1A and 1B as far as, like, the height of the company. Mm-hmm. Like, 
what she does is remarkable and it's not like a separate like ranking she just is like among the best right now yeah i think it's it's weird that it was a women's match and then a dude had to win it for a woman um like it's not the worst booking but it's a bad booking for the very first one. Yeah, and we'd even talked about how it would be cool to have Carmella win because that is a good prop spot for James Ellsworth to have to carry that case around. Mm -hmm. But don't do it like that. Yeah. yeah. Like, and he could even, like, obviously what they're trying to do is get heel heat on Carmella and on Ellsworth because it's better when a heel is carrying the briefcase. Like, mm -hmm. and she needed something. But people aren't mad like they're getting heel heat but it's not like really directed at them mm -hmm. it's directed at the writers yeah. of the show directed at pretty much Vince McMahon yeah. yeah like I was thinking about this earlier like there's a big difference between like heat on a performer and heat on someone backstage and that difference like heat on someone backstage is the like the worst kind of heat because it's Vince Russo heat which is just the worst thing in the history of wrestling. Mm -hmm. He's the worst person, like, as just a human, and, like, the his creative, like... I swear on my kids, bro. <laughs> oh, is, my. is Vince Rousseau the main writer? He was the main writer during a couple years of the Attitude Era. Okay. And then he went just out of control in WCW. He's the reason why David Arquette was the WCW champion. And he was the WCW champion. He was also champion. the WCW champion. You guys have a problem with David Arquette being the WCW champion? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just one of those things where, like, if he would have been the one to, to like, push the ladder over and Becky Lynch falls off and Carmella goes up and gets it, I think mm. it was at the end of the day they wanted to see, like, like a woman actually being able to rise up and, like, do it mm. rather than, like... James Ellsworth legitimately grabbed it and just tossed it down where he had to hand her the briefcase. Yeah. yeah he didn't even take sucks. the effort to go hand it to her. He, he just dropped it. it. <laughs> Which was like, I was impressed with how well that worked because it literally floated into her yeah. perfectly. It looked like, good. That looked good, but the idea of it is so bad. And like, they could have accomplished equal amount of like heat on him if he all he did was interfere with Becky climbing like yeah. he if he just held her from getting going up and then she took the time to destroy him and mm -hmm. power bomb him through every table yeah like and then that that's how Carmella such won. a cool spot yeah because yeah. then Carmella still would have had like the agency to go win this match on her own and it would have been on Becky you know making that decision to go after Ellsworth instead of going for the, the, the contract yeah mm -hmm. and like that would have just been so much better and instead they did the worst thing yeah so did they try to resolve it on I don't know which one Smackdown on Smackdown yes okay yeah, how, how did that happen they're gonna redo the they're match. gonna redo it <laughs> do you guys think that came from the, the reaction of the fans I think it was no. planned I was okay. it was planned really yeah I think ratings have been in the toilets yeah and <laughs> it, it unfortunately it worked like I saw this week both Raw and SmackDown's ratings were up like 25% each, which, you know, what? the NBA Finals ended, so that's part of it. But <laughs> probably with SmackDown, some of it was because people were like, Daniel Bryan's returning. Oh, and he's going to be dealing with this. Like, oh, okay. So people came back to watching it to see what happened. But that's not a good way to pop ratings. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, so what else happened this week in wrestling? Just in wrestling in general? Yeah. Cody Rhodes, or sorry, Cody. 
won the Ring of Honor World title. Yes, we should, for anyone who doesn't know, Cody Rhodes is not allowed to use his last name because WWE thinks they own it. So. <laughs> is it his real last name? It is not. It, okay. It's not, but his dad used it before oh, shit. going to WWE at any point. So it's, it's a weird thing, but so it's just referred to as Cody, member of the Bullet Club against Christopher Daniels, and I watched the match. It was an awesome match. Mm. Um, and it just kind of shows that, like, he didn't need the WWE to propel himself into being, like, a big star. Yeah. And now, even though it's a smaller company, he's the number one guy. Yeah. <laughs> and what he's done since leaving the WWE is just remarkable. Like, I saw he, he was in the top show for four, prom- like, of the year for four promotions within a year. Because he appeared in WrestleMania 32 and then was in... Whatever TNA's big thing. Slammiversary? Maybe. I don't remember. It's one, whatever their big one is. Who knows? <laughs> but he appeared in that. He appeared in... Um, PWG uh, Bola. PWG Bola and... Uh, Ring of uh, Honor Final Battle. And Wrestle Kingdom. And Wrestle Kingdom. Within 12 months. Damn. He With, did it all. So why did he leave the WWE? <clears throat> he was Stardust. He was Stardust. <laughs> he, he just was tired of it. He was tired of everything. He didn't enjoy it wrestling anymore like he just was sick of it so he quit he yeah it's like I, no guys i want out of my contract and he started doing independent dates and was like he made a list on twitter which was a great marketing mm-hmm. tool because everybody's like oh we want to see these matches like against like roderick strong it was against like, kurt angle kurt angle against uh shibata it was going to bola and he did everything on i list. think the one i think the one he didn't do was gargano because gargano signed oh yeah yeah okay, the one I, I heard an interview like a couple weeks ago he said like that's the one he didn't get to do. That would have been a great... I love Johnny Gargano, too, so that would have been a great match. But he's just done so much, and this this coming up this week, um, whenever this is posted, this is uh, the 25th of June today, when we're recording this, he's going to be in going up against uh, Okada for the IWGP heavyweight title for New Japan's first shows in the U.S. Yeah, so it'll be Ring of Honor World Champion versus the New Japan IWGP World World Champion in the first show in the U.S. for New Japan. So that's going to be pretty stellar. Yeah, that's sweet. And it plays into the whole, like, Kenny Omega, who uh, just wrestled uh, Kazuchika Okada at Dominion, losing, not losing, just having a draw against Okada, and they're both in the bull club, so it kind of plays into that storyline too. Yeah, plus, you know, like, Cody <clears throat> wanted to end that match and throw in the towel, and, like, he's always kind of been the one least, like, bought into the Bullet Club thing since joining, so there's just a lot of room to, like, create storyline there. He does say fuck the revival. Though. Yeah, he does say fuck the revival. Um, but, like, I saw on Twitter, like, Kenny Omega tweeted, like, the least enthusiastic congratulations to him. <laughs> and just knowing, like, the way they use, like social media and stuff for storyline with the Bullet Club and like all the being the elite stuff like you know that he's just like putting something out there to set something up if they want to go in that direction. Especially with Adam Cole being gone like they need another like kind of top guy Bullet Club versus top guy Bullet Club. Mm. This makes sense. Yeah. I think it just said like something like congratulations proud of you at Cody Rhodes. Like that's all it said. Alright so now we're going to talk about some wrestling theme songs good and bad. Um, the entrance is one of the most important part of wrestling mm-hmm. because that's when you first see the guy coming out, getting ready to to fight some fight some guys, fight some bad guys, fight some <laughs> some, fight some jerks. Guys. So uh, I guess I'll go first. One of my favorites has always been uh, the John Cena theme song. What does he say at the very beginning? I don't know. Let me listen. Part of the conspiracy there. 
Does he say yabba dabba do? Yabba do! Is he, is he I, channeling Fred Flintstone? I mean, The Rock did make so many jokes about him and Fruity Pebbles, so. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> sounds. I, I mean, I probably like it for the memes. Um, there's a great prank phone call out there in the world where these guys, this radio show calls this woman who hates wrestling and they just keep playing oh, the theme that. song so many times and She's maybe that's mad. why it's just in my head. But I think I think that one's silly. Is it in your head like voices? <laughs> Are voices in your head? Yes. Do they talk to you? Yes. Do they understand? <laughs> no. They talk to you. They talk to me! I like John Cena's theme song. It's just To me, it just is very it's synonymous with body WWE. of John Cena. It yeah. really is. It's like, corny. It's trying to be a little edgy, but at the end of the day, it's John Cena. Yeah, and like, it's perfect for getting like the reaction he gets from the crowd, like, because that's like a really good part of like effective entrance music. Is mm-hmm. like, you can tell immediate, like, it gives the crowd an immediate reaction, and with John Cena. Like people, the moment they hear that first, yeah, when those note, horns kick in, it's yep. like oh. it means something's about to happen. Like, and also the fact that like people can chant "John Cena sucks" along to it <laughs> yep. is just really great. <laughs> yep. John Cena sucks. Yep. And so, other theme songs that you guys have liked, like I mine go back a long ways because I've just watched way too much wrestling. Um, the Undertaker's like. 1998, like, and then, like, Ministry of Darkness theme song. Yeah. That one was always one of my favorite ones. Because it has, like, the super spooky, like, thing. That? Like a Jetsons, <laughs> like a Jetsons commercial? Like a Jetsons. Thanks, YouTube, for the ad. But it has, like, the super spooky intro. But then, like, ripping guitar riff. Like, it's, all, it's, so, it's still spooky. Like, this is my favorite um, Undertaker, too. Like, pre-ministry, but after Dead Man. I don't know. You didn't like Roland by Limp Bizkit when that was his theme? I mean, WrestleMania 19 was great. I don't know. I mean, there's a gigantic American flag coming out with a gigantic motorbike. Yeah, what what changed? Because now they write their own songs. Like, the WWE, like, has a... a They've had a a guy. Uh Yeah, it was Jim Johnson. Jim Johnson, like, for the longest time. But I don't hear any songs that are, like, actual songs that weren't reigned at the The Bray Wyatt one actually was. Okay. They found it, like, in a book. Yeah, well, Um, I think Bray Wyatt specifically found it in, like... Yeah. Like, and wanted it. Um, but it's very rare. Like one of my favorites that we could play, I'll play, is the Shawn Michaels theme song. Okay. Speaking of really like going the extra mile for your theme song. Jimmy Hart wrote this one. It's a good one. Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. I was looking that up today. <laughs> like, I think it, it's so good for Shawn Michaels' character. Yep, especially like the '90s Shawn Michaels. Yes. The like, 2000s, 40-year-old Shawn Michaels still the, coming out to that. Born again. It was one of my favorite things. A born again Christian, yeah. and he's just like in chaps and still just yeah. dancing around. A, I'm a sexy boy. It's like, no, you're a dad. When I was, when I was a kid, I was like, old turn man. the TV down. It's just yeah. like I don't want my parents hearing this. Yeah. <laughs> A really, really funny story a pro wrestler told on a, a shoot interview, and if you don't know what shoot interviews, you have a lot of time to waste on the internet. Um, Johnny Gargano was saying that when he was like seven years old, he was Shawn Michaels for Halloween. 
To wrestling fans, he was Shawn Michaels. To everybody else, he was a seven-year-old stripper. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's wearing assless chaps. So yeah, yeah, like he was stripping. Like he would, as he would take off his assless chaps, he was like grinding and dancing to it. Yeah, like. That's basically what Shawn Michaels' like character was. Like he wasn't he was, girl. He was a sexy boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just, just a very sexy no boy. boy toy to be found. <laughs> um, I don't know. I one I definitely want to talk about because it's also like the newest thing that we're gonna have in this <laughs> is a song that premiered a couple weeks ago at at Money in the Bank with the premiering Mike and Maria Canellis. Who, As JBL said, he, he, he took her name. Yeah. Which <laughs> I was, love it, Michael. It was, it was so good. Um, yeah, Mike and Maria Bennett, it, formerly. Um, now Mike and Maria Canellis. Because Maria Canellis had previously been in the WWE before being married to Mike Bennett. And so they uh, you know, had her keep her name that she had here before. And then now he is, took her name to be uh, in the WWE, which is so good. With yeah, that's cool. So... Um, this song, it's just so good. God. Like, I would watch a band play this song. Yeah. It's just like a fucking 80s power ballad. My mom would probably love this song. Hell yeah. Like, it's funny, but I legitimately think it's so good. Like, oh yeah. It has like, the... Like a harmony. Yeah, yeah. The harmonies on it, and like that melody, is so perfect for what it is. Yeah, it reminds me of that scene in Hot Rod when they're just looting everything. <laughs> yeah. Like, God, I like, love it. It's it's so cheesy, but it, it also fits with one of the cheesiest ones I like from the '90s. <laughs> Your boy Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Oh my God. He did his own theme song. Um, funny stories, they were doing a um, storyline about this. Road Dog actually going to sing this. Yeah. I feel like I'm eating in a Texas Roadhouse right now. <laughs> like, it makes so much sense for his character. I loved it. He's just a nice, a good old country boy. Just a good old country boy. Isn't that great? <laughs> uh, who wouldn't want to watch a guy wrestle? Yeah, after hearing that song, yeah. um, I think anyone who's seen out Jeff Jarrett wrestle before, maybe, but um, he wasn't calling people slap nuts yet. So, <laughs> yeah. um, one I like a lot um, because I also like this band um, is CM Punk's first one. Um, well, not first, but one of his. It was actually his first in WWE, where he like it's just like Kill Switch Engage song. It makes sense because he just like he's a little tattered boy and he like likes rock and roll. So he just runs out to this, and you're like, oh, this guy, this guy's pumped. He's moshing. Yeah, I like that song. Yeah, yeah that's cool. That's and a good one. what I, I really like about that, too, is that when they they ended up changing his theme, it was to Cult of Personality Hell yeah. by Living Color, which... Oh my God. I got it. Okay, I got it. Sweet. It's on my list too. <laughs> I mean, but, it was so cool. Yeah. Like, I went on a. I actually went on a cult personality or like a, a in living color kick after this. The show, yeah, Jim Carrey's really good in that show. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Wayans Brothers. Yeah, so, so they're really, yeah. they're really good doing. I started watching awesome. a lot of in living color <laughs> after watching CM Punk wrestle. <laughs> like, oh, what the band's called Living Color? That's a, that's a coincidence. <laughs> But I really love that because the way that they changed his theme fit with a 
like a character change too. Like yeah. is when like he was becoming like so on top and like he wasn't the underdog like it guy was... anymore. He was the top guy and like it's time to respect like who he is now and especially as a talker that's like his big thing and mm -hmm. so like that's what that whole song is kind of a, a little more portrayal about and it just really made sense with this character mm -hmm. um and i think one of the things i love about wrestling theme songs is how over the top they are because mm -hmm. even like a like the undertaker theme song just it's not just like a really cool guitar riff it's like all the theatrics of all in, involved in it it's the over the top like like organs and pianos and like yeah. everything like in that it's like um, one of the reasons I love Alistair Black his, his theme song because it's not just um, a song by a band incendiary shout out just, to the best hardcore band from New York right now I'll say that with confidence it just goes off it's like a super heavy song but it's so over the top yeah, yeah. The, you can tell where CFOs you know who are WWE's main like music creators right now it's a duo of producers you can tell where what their little pieces that they've added in are and they're yeah. they take in just an incendiary song and make it into a wrestling entrance. yeah they just throw in some like black metal keyboards and it's just like what the hell the theatrics with all of it as well. Yeah. But I fucking hit the pitch of this. <laughs> I would spin kick everybody at this table right now if I could. I could, but I'm not But yeah, I mean, I, when I saw that Incendiary did a song with wrestling, I was like, damn, that's sick. Like, they like. I don't know. They're There's just, apparently boys with the producers. So. Yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, I think I mean, they like they're also they're from probably New York, in bands so. with them or something. Yeah. And uh, what's really cool is not only does that like entrance song like is it awesome, like live I actually gotta see Alistair Black come out. And like the song with his entrance with the whole ambiance of everything was so mm. awesome. It yeah. Was, like, I just stood there just like this awestruck because it was just awesome. Yeah. Bef Take like, over Chicago. What's up? <laughs> like before he premiered, I'd seen maybe one of his matches when he was Tommy End um, ever. And I, I thought it was really good, but it hadn't like stuck with me, you know, in the same way. Like just because I hadn't gone deeper on it. Saw Tommy End live to Bullet 2015 or 2016. What's up? <laughs> Must be nice. Yeah. Um, but I like, but the moment, like I was into like, I was a fan of his before I saw him wrestle again when he premiered because of that entrance. Like, yeah. That entrance made me a fan of him. It's yeah. that song plus just all the theater. I mean, and like throwing in those keyboards, like make like Alistair Black is his name. It just makes so much sense. It's just like dark and like. It's like how we were talking about commentators can have so much to a match and a sweet entrance, oh, totally. and a sweet entrance song can make so much mm. to a wrestler. Bobby Roode is one of the biggest like like ones of this because like if you know Bobby Roode before he came to WWE NXT he was, he was Bobby Roode he was a kind of top guy TNA but nothing super cool about him but now this he's oh. holy shit that's good that's real good Yeah, turns into a queen song. Yeah, yeah. And just sweet gang vocals. Yeah. Oh, we missed a little guitar, <laughs> which is so sick. Yeah. Um, which 
it's amazing too because that song wasn't even meant for him when it was originally written apparently like apparently it was written for Shinsuke Nakamura oh. which it doesn't fit at all no. yeah. like, Shinsuke's rules Nakamura's yeah. entrance is one of the best entrances especially live when they have the real violin but like just the song itself and everyone in the crowd just like singing at the same time it just it fits him well, then him coming so much that, um, and just taking charisma. 20 minutes to yeah. walk into the ring yeah. like I would I would watch that I would watch a whole pay-per-view that just him trying to get into the <laughs> ring in like a weird obstacle course and then that's it I would watch that him like it's just a laser grid and yeah. him doing his weird dance moves Hell through yeah. it like yeah, entrapment style just some yeah Mission Impossible they should have had him at the last Wrestlemania where that entrance ramp was it's <laughs> <laughs> a mile long oh my mile god long. I never even thought of that like, <laughs> that's why he was kept off Wrestlemania is because it would have taken him a year yeah <laughs> he'd still be going down yeah. there, instead of it being five hours long it would have been seven <laughs> so question if you could take one current WWE or just wrestling song in general as your instance theme what, what, what would you guys want I have two okay mine are probably gonna be a little bit weird uh, let me see if I'll pull one of them up here oh I just actually have this one on my phone nice I mean, while you're pulling that up, I mean mine would probably just be Alistair Black's because incendiary rocks like um, listen to Incendiary. They're sick. That's If you take one thing from this episode, <laughs> Incendiary Rocks. Oh, they're, they're, they're the newest record, so sick. Yeah. I'd back it. Um, mine would be this, either this one, which is Rapungi Vice. Very good. Because Rocky Rail kills it on this. Like, I listen to this in my car. <laughs> like, driving to work, I'm like, I'm going to listen to Rapungi Vice theme song. I'll, I'll jump ahead when I actually jumps in. Dude, I'm getting hyped. And I love the tag team. I love Temperetta. I love Rocky Romero. And so, it's that one. Or if I had to choose one more to be, it's a toss-up between the two. And this one is a little bit of a different reason. Make sure there's no ad. There's no ad. Just the Bullet Club thing. Very good. I just would want to be in the Bullet Club. Oh, yeah. The Bullet Club, like, theme is just sick. Because when you hear the Bullet Club, fo 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 life. This is going to be a great match. Yeah. Um, to keep it on that theme, mine is also a uh, New Japan and Bullet Club entrance. It's not the actual theme, but it's just Kenny Omega's Final Fantasy villain-ass <laughs> entrance yeah. music. Because it's so good. Like, it's the most, like, cinematic so good and it like when I saw Kenny Omega for the first time and like it was his Wrestle Kingdom like entrance with that and I was like this is sick like I'm already like really into this guy like so I would definitely want that yeah I am Matt what, what would you do you want have a current have? one well current or just wrestling or like wrestling yeah channel. one that's already existing uh Carlito Caribbean cool <laughs> Ooh. Wear Hawaiian shirts and just, yeah. just Tommy Bahama shirts and spitting apples into folks' faces. 
I mean, no one else. I mean, the song isn't going to be for Car- Carlito ever again in the WWE. Yeah. Never coming back. I don't so. know what became of Carlito, and I was only reminded of his theme song earlier today, and how much I love it. Um, what if you? Uh, what song that just is a song that exists? Would you choose? Mine's mine's gonna be kind of a cheating one mm-hmm. because it's both. It was already one, but it was a song before. And so, um, it's a victim of Target by Misery Signals. Roderick Strong used it in Ring of Honor. Okay. But, like, just the way it hits. Oh, yeah. It's so sick. I mean, you love Misery Signals. I love Misery Signals. You walk out to this. Yeah, it's an easy one to walk out to, and then people will sing along with it as well. Yeah. Because they did it in Ring of Honor. Hell yeah. That, and then we'll talk about Boy Ryan a little like this stuff, man. <laughs> but it's... I love Robert Strong, but I love this sport. Oh, you, you're real good. And so that'd be mine, or the one I wrote for Robert Strong. Oh yeah, you wrote a song. <laughs> yes, let's not get into how that just crushed my dreams. Hey, you did he ever use it once? He couldn't because he got signed. Damn, but he, but he gets pumped uh, in the gym to it. He listens to it in the gym. Hell yeah. Um, mine would be a little song that has been my theme song for a very long time in my life. It would be A Thousand Miles by Vanessa Carlton. I just like... You'd be the biggest jobber. I want to see just like some... You'd just be worse than the or, just, or just the biggest fucking heel. Like, yeah. People would be so mad at any just some, I would cheer. I would cheer for you. Just some dorky yeah, guy. Just some dorky guy walking out to that song. I mean, I have walked into multiple stores multiple times in my life, and that song has started playing. It's because it's on the like, mom playlist at Albert's. Dude, Thompson. but it's fucking... It's, I mean, it's a great song. Shout out to my girl Vanessa. Um, yeah, that would be mine because I think it would be hilarious if you watched a guy walk out to that, and then um, yeah, I would love it, and then that would get stuck in my head. Yeah, and then I would only think of you. I love that. Yeah, um, mine. I think it's a, in a similar vein of the song yeah. that I it just see as my personal theme song through life, and I'm very happy it just got added to Spotify this last week. Night Moves by Mr. Robert Seeger. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because I would just, I would want to be the worst character ever coming out to this. Like, a, basically a bass player from a 70s band. Hell like, yeah. Bring all down. Like, you would team with the drifter. Yeah, I just You'd be such a blue collar worker. Yeah, totally. I, I would just like, like dance my way to the ring, but like just da- bad, like dad, like head bob dancing, just wearing all denim. Hell yeah, Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen. Oh, that'd be sick. That would be sick. I should have just chosen that. <laughs> <laughs> if I was white, I'd be born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen. Hell yeah. <laughs> but I'm not. So. <laughs> I don't think people would take too kindly if a Mexican came up to that song. Hey, you were born in the USA, and you're yeah. a hard American worker. It's fine. We know if I went down south, it would be just I would want people to know that I'm super tough and badass. Hell yeah. So I would go with the Chronomancer 2 Nemesis by The Sword. Ooh. Because it's so sick. I can see this. Yeah. Every, almost oh, all of their songs remind me of badass like wrestling <laughs> intros. Yeah. But they're just a legit band. <laughs> Fortunately, it takes like 35 seconds before it really gets pumping. Yeah, but that's because like the lights are all dimming and yeah. the smoke's coming up. Just like, here we go. Here we go. Woo-hoo! 
Hell so, yeah. So that'd, be, that'd be dope. Yeah, Thank you, The dope. Sword, for writing awesome wrestling songs that make you think of wrestling <laughs> when you didn't intend to. Um, if I was going to do something badass, because I feel like I'd have, if I ever got repackaged from my terrible denim gimmick. Um, Your CJ Parker gimmick. Yeah, I 100% would have to when ditch. When you become Juice Robinson. Yes. Oh, God. Oh, gross. Um, <laughs> um, I would definitely, you know, I think I would definitely want to go with something with uh, from the band Aviator, who I happen to be also really, really sick wrestling fans, and uh, put a really great Mick Foley promo on their album that just came out this week that I got to review, and included him in the thanks on the uh, out back of the Perfect. album, which was pretty great. But I also thought this would be pretty good. You just like. I don't know, actually try to look like badass, but I'd probably not be able to. The tempo seems really right for it, too. And no one would know that it's all about being like sad and wishing you're still young. I mean, go ahead. Oh, I would have said, too, I was tossed up between that one, or I was going to say uh, Harper Lewis by uh, Russian Circles. I'm very but good. I thought you were going to say Russian Circles. I was going to go Russian Circles. <laughs> it would be surprising that I didn't. If any of them ever happened here, I'm sorry. I did not. I love you. So you guys know I would have chosen you, but I thought Zach would have <laughs> I mean, if I wanted to look tough, I would just choose I would just choose this song. Oh, hybrid. Trapped Under Ice. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, that's, that makes me torn, but... I would just walk out and just not stop hitting until the bell rang, and then keep hitting Early while Seth I'm just Rollins fighting NXT, him. Basically. Did he just come out? He fucking just hit him like on the entrance ramp in NXT. It's and really Jim Ross like, oh, in a weird, unique dance by Seth Rollins. He's picking up his keys. <laughs> oh, he's picking up some change. <laughs> he's fighting invisible ninjas. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Um, yeah, well... Also, shout out to Stone Cold's theme song. I love Stone Cold Steve Austin's theme song. Per, like, uh, to me, that's a, a theme song that fits a character so well. You hear that glass breaking at the yep. beginning. And hey, it's when it's like, the glass, hits your ass. Oh, it's so <laughs> when you hear the glass, it's your ass. I don't know. Watch, your, watch your mud hole. It's about to get stoned. I don't know if any of you listen to the Edge and Christian podcast, yes. but they have someone who does the best impersonation of Stone Cold, who will sing all of like, the this ass and, like, yeah. saying the, the, the Mike Maria Canellas theme. Like, he does, sings all of oh, his oh, ass. Yeah, it's Stone Cold, and it's so funny. Like, it was a really good time, and I, I don't know, theme songs, like, they, like I said, they can just add so much to a character, and they can just add so much enjoyment, they can add an aura, or they can just be the worst things in the world. Yeah. Like, The Miz's theme song, or Randy Orton's first theme song. I like Randy Orton's first theme song way more than his current theme song. Yeah. His current theme song is also bad, but... It's just, they can add so much, or it can make you hate him even more. But for some people, like The Miz, why his theme song works perfectly, because I hate The Miz. Because he's a heel and he's really good at his job. And his theme song just makes me hate him more. Yeah, like, and it can really add to moments. Like, AJ, when he, AJ Styles, when he premiered, because no one knew what that song was, and it just, like, start, like, it was, like, number three in the Royal Rumble, and all of a sudden this weird, like, Hip hop, southern hip hop, southern hip hop beat starts coming in, and like people are just like, "What? Is, what is this?" And then like, "I am phenomenal." Pops up in the trunk, and everyone loses their mind. Like, I wish there was a version of that song on Spotify that had the crowd reaction when and everybody wanted so. Yeah. 
Well, you don't want that. <laughs> um, well, we can wrap up here a little bit. Um, we'll do our last segment. This is going to be our last segment every week. Well, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Um, it's our signature segment. Yeah, this is John Cena's Instagram. Some conspiracy theories. Um, so this picture, uh, it's a bunch of teenagers all sitting at like a dinner table, maybe at a wedding. But this one kid with a backwards hat looks like he has a Budweiser. He's he's edgy. Um, do you think that's John Cena on the far right? Dude, I kind of thought it was the first first inkling I had was oh, one of these guys is John Cena. I don't know. It could, like, be, it could be, but it doesn't look that much like I him. know. Yeah, but it looks like it could have been him as a young kid. He could also be the punk drinking a beer. Dude, that's like, like who's drinking that Budweiser at like yeah. a school, like a middle school function. Also, who is it? We can't skip the guy on the far left. Just mustache hiding in the back with a very good mustache. Yeah, good mustache for looks, presumably a teenager. He looks great. So I don't know what this means. Um, I don't think we're supposed to. But do you have any theories? I I couldn't tell you. And since our first episode is going to be lost in the abyss, this is essentially number one. Mm-hmm. Um, we just John Cena. John Cena's Instagram page is essentially just this weird abstract art. Um, Last time Zach read this, but since I'm there, I'll just read it. Um, John Cena is at John Cena on Instagram. Says, welcome to my Instagram. Verified. Verified. These images will be posted without explanation for your interpretation. Enjoy. And it's just weird pictures. Mm -hmm. And like this one that he has of Ken Griffey Jr. (laughs) Uh, Project X for some reason. The movie, I'm assuming. Not the great hardcore band that had one demo. Did you see the the one that had a picture of a pen and it says, my pen is huge? Yeah. And the only comment you can see is Nikki Bella's. And then it says LOL and it has the hand like the hands praising. Dude, it's like one thing I heard, I don't watch Total Divas, but I heard they love fucking. Um I haven't watched Total Divas. I I have watched Total Bellas. I've watched the first season of Total Divas because of uh, Brian Alvarez and Filthy Tom Lawler every week. And because they review it and they make it seem like the funniest show, and it is so ridiculous. Yeah, the first season of Total Bell is within the first or second episode. There's, it's there's a ten minute just most cringe like inducing like segment like at least for me where. Nikki and Brie Bella are talking about how to have quickies because Brie and Brian and <laughs> Daniel Bryan can't have quickies because Daniel Bryan likes to be sensual. Shut up, Daniel Bryan. Get that yeah. love making. He, like, but they're trying to like, they're trying to like learn how to do quickies, and it's so fucking awkward. And you very quickly realize like, oh, Nikki Bella and John Cena are fucking every time they're not on camera together. Like, the way they talk about it, it's like, that's all they do. And it's like, real, it's like your parents talking about it. Like, that's how it feels, because of how just, like, matter of fact they I are. I do feel like John Cena is my dad, so. Yeah, it's real gross. And, like, it goes on for a long time. Like, and then it's Bree trying to convince Daniel Bryan to start having quickies. And it's it like my spine fell out of my body. <laughs> watching it. Like shout out Total Bellas for having John Laurinaitis. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Hey. I love John. Hey John, I'm also John. <laughs> hey John, it's me, the former director of operations, John Laurinaitis. I'm gonna marry your mother-in-law in the Need future. More power. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it for us today. Okay. Um, 
follow us on our various social media profiles. John Laurinaitis is going to tell us what they are. Follow us at at Russell Boys Cast on Twitter. And what, what's our Instagram? Other John Laurinaitis. Uh, it's uh, at Genuine Russell Boys. Vince. All right. And follow me at Duckshirt on ah. Twitter, Instagram, um, MySpace, uh, Friendster, What Ego, Vampire Freaks. Uh, hit me up on Napster. <laughs> Napster? I'm on LiveJournal, Zanga, <laughs> Diaryland. Diarrhea land? <laughs> Diarrhea land. I got the poops. Um, um, send me uh, uh, an actual email at duckshirt at duckshirt.com. And send him a lot of pokes on Facebook. Poke me on Facebook. Um, I am at uh, Blue Gazi, spelled like the French blue. on it's Like the cheese? Yeah, like the, the cheese on Instagram and on Twitter. I'm Ostercoaster. Follow me for mild mild content. Yeah, follow me for very mild content as well. <laughs> I won't get anything cool. But I am the original spicy boy. It's true. Uh, hi guys, I just came back and there one John Laurinaitis was walking outside as I came in? They, they um, so both, John, both John, John Laurinaitis are gone now. Yeah, they're walking hand John in hand. How would you say Laurinaitis? John Laurinaitis. Um, yeah, you can follow me um, on Instagram at mychemicaldadpants. Best name. I'm going to say that every week. Yeah, I'm really happy with it. And then uh, at Instagram, at, at Zachary M. Evans, unfortunately, because I have to be a professional sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if you want to see me not a professional, at ShrekFax2012. <laughs> Managing multiple accounts. Dude, he manages like seven. I have to really he manages all I'm bars. dying. I'm, I'm just being crushed by social media right now. Sick. I'm at PolarBurr, Polar underscore B-U-R-R. I keep a pretty NC-17 on there. Nice. Oh, yeah. Attitude era. Dick pics. Hell yeah. Not mine, but yes. <laughs> Not his, but somebody's. They're roasters. It's, it's, Tom, it's Tom Phillips. <laughs> it's four hours. It's a long flight, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, so WrestleBoy316 says, hug your friends and family and kiss your mom. Gross. I don't like that one. Eat your vitamins. Titus O'Neil says, kiss your kid on the back. I want to re- oh record God. that one. <laughs> you know, I don't like it. Keeping all of this in. Hey guys, we'll see you out. next time, or maybe not. Or see kiss you your mom. Or see you around another time. <laughs> or right, see you guys. Make sure you kiss your mom. Do fun lucha stuff. Do fun lucha stuff. Bye.